The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Coming up on this Friday edition of Passion, we'll talk about new consent condoms. Really cool idea. And sex on a first date. How important is that? Also, we'll look at the research on how highly sexual women approach relationships. And we'll ask the question, can a sexless marriage survive. The experts weigh in on that. We'll discuss that and much more tonight. But first, let's take a look at the inbox. Make a connection anytime at 514-800. You know, you can send me your questions anytime by email to laurie at drlaurie.com. So this one was left on the text board. Uh, what would the major differentiating factor between two people, say twins, for instance, who have both undergone the same childhood trauma, yet one develops an addiction to porn, whereas the other does not. And this is on the backside of, uh, we talked about, uh, there was a question I answered during the week on, on porn addiction. And what I had said was that uh, in the population of porn addicts or sex addicts, there's about a little over 80% of people have experienced some form of trauma. So it's a very good question that you ask. Like what happens with kids raised with the same parents, with the same kind of trauma in the home? If it were just that simple, it, it, it just isn't. There are many other factors that play into it. Like how does... Each uh, individual, even if they're identical twins, they're not identical thinking. They're, one can develop anxiety and the other one may not. It's hard to say why and, and what is it that makes each one different. But um, So personality plays into it. It's not just about uh, nurture, but there's some part of nature in there too. What is, what, what is their character? Twins can look the same, can have the same DNA, but not necessarily respond to uh, trauma in, in the same way. So it would have to be other experiences too that, uh, that play into it. Like it could be that one person who was traumatized uh, may have secluded themselves in their bedroom and started masturbating. They realized it relieved the stress, and so that was their go-to thing, for example, whereas the other one did not. Uh, so it's hard to say exactly why. Uh, this uh, this one by email, I'm a 25-year-old woman who has had 18 sexual partners and now a long-term boyfriend I've been with for three years. But with all the sex I've had so far, I haven't been able to orgasm from sex. Have I just been so used to masturbation that it's now the only way for me to orgasm? Is something wrong with me? I hear that a large percentage of women cannot orgasm from sex alone. But what else can I do besides orgasming from my own masturbation methods? It is hurting my boyfriend's pride that he has not been able to make me come yet. And I honestly don't know how to just make this happen. I do enjoy sex, but it seems that I can only come from masturbation. Do you have any advice on this? So when people start referring to sex, they're really talking about intercourse and uh, that's how most people see it. 
So um, just bottom line, there's nothing wrong with you. That's the, the, the bottom line. Uh, over 75% of women do not, do not orgasm through intercourse alone, which certainly explains why you have no problem with orgasm through masturbation, but you don't with intercourse. So you'd fit in with the majority of women. So that should tell you on the scale of normal where, uh, where you are at. So, uh, and masturbation works because of the direct clitoral stimulation. So that's what you need. Uh, sexual intercourse does not provide direct clitoral stimulation unless you play around with some positions where you're able to grind your pelvis into your partner. Um, so that's something you can, you can certainly try that might, uh, that might facilitate this or show your partner how to stimulate you with his hand, which he can do during intercourse. Another option is to use a vibrator while you're having intercourse so that you're having the internal pleasure, but you're also stimulating the clitoris at the same time. Another option, you can stimulate yourself. Uh, during uh, intercourse. So I think your partner needs to understand this. You need to explain this to your partner, make him listen, whatever it is. Um, and I think for a lot of men just don't get this. They don't know. They think they're doing something wrong. Uh, they think that they're, uh, you're not turned on enough. They feel responsible and they're not. We're each responsible for our own orgasms. And I have to say, Porn plays a part in this because men will watch this and there's often penetration and women seem to be like climaxing all over the place through penetration. It's a fantasy. That's men's fantasies that this doesn't happen in real life for, uh, for the most part. So think about that, but share the information. Uh, I am a virgin male of 19 years old, and though the opportunity to engage in intercourse has presented itself, I've always shied away from intercourse because as a romantic, I would only do it with someone I love, and I've heard that it can cause some discomfort to the female when during her first, during her first penetration. I now have a serious girlfriend who wants to engage in sex for the first time, but I, I don't want to cause someone I love pain. Do you have any advice on this issue? First of all, bravo. I commend you for thinking about your partner. You sound like a uh, very compassionate individual who does not want to cause your partner pain. So it's perfectly normal for women to experience some discomfort with that first penetration. Your girlfriend will decide for herself. If she tells you that she feels ready, you can talk to her, like have these conversations about your fear of hurting her and, and, and so on. And throughout you can, and you can also let her know, listen, if, if I'm hurting you, we can go slower. We can stop for a little bit. You just give me the signal. So you're, you're paying attention to her. Uh, and you can, you're, you're, I'm, I'm assuming looking at what you wrote here, that you're going to be a gentle lover with her. And at first she may need that, that gentleness and just ask her throughout. Is it okay? Can I continue? Do you want me to continue? Uh, some of the tips I can give you is make sure that your girlfriend is fully aroused before you, um, you attempt penetration. But I would also recommend that you use, uh, lubrication 
like an external uh, lubricant on your condom and make sure you are using a form of birth control. Remember that the withdrawal method is not reliable, especially for uh, newly sexual people. Uh, no, so don't don't rely on uh, on thinking that you you can pull out successfully. Uh, so make sure you use a condom, and you can put lubricant on top of that uh, top of that condom. My wife loves to be massaged, and I love doing it, but we are having a hard time finding a good, safe massage oil. We've tried lotion, oil, lube. Lotion dries up too fast, and lube stays too oily, not to mention some of that can't go inside of her. Any suggestions, please? Um there's a lot of things on the market, I have to say. There's all kinds of, uh, of massage oils on the market. You want to get one that has the maybe the no scent and the least amount of chemicals so that if it goes inside of her, it will not irritate her. You, A lot of people are using coconut oil, so you can try that. Coconut oil is, is natural, generally does not irritate. I mean, Coconut oil is used for all kinds of skin treatments and even eye makeup removal. If it can be used on the eyes, which are really sensitive and with no burning sensation or what have you, it's a good chance that uh, she will tolerate that as well. So you can get a jar of it. Just don't use the same jar in the kitchen that you're going to use in the bedroom. So buy two jars or you can add a big jar and scoop out the oil. It's not, it doesn't come, it, it's a hardened oil. So uh, you scoop it up, put it in a little container, and then you take a little bit into your hands and you rub your hands together and it will uh, melt the oil. It just takes a little bit of friction, a little bit of heat uh, to, to melt it quickly and then you can use uh, you can use that. So try that. That's certainly one more uh, one natural uh, one that you can use. Coming up, I can't wait to tell you about this new consent condoms. You know how important consent is these days and how much we're talking about it. Well, a new condom uh, might just uh, do it without having to have too many conversations. That's coming up. the kinks in any relationship it's passion with cgab 800's dr Lori batito let me tell you about this new invention i love it i think it's uh, perfect it's new packaging for condoms that can only be opened by two people at the same time and they've created this packaging to help promote consent makes so much sense. They're called consent condoms, uh, and they can only be used when four hands simultaneously press special pressure points on the side of the packet. They were developed uh, in Argentina. They're going to be given out for free at uh, bars and nightclubs in Argentina at first, and then they hope to spread it out into shops and, and all of that. They've had amazing uh, response with this. And uh, they have a problem in Argentina, by the way. Argentinian men, only 14.5% said they regularly use condoms during sex. So that number is really low. Uh, 65% said they occasionally use them, but 20, 
20.5% said they had never even tried on a condom. They had never even used a condom. And so there is uh, the spread of STIs there. It's pretty huge and it has alarmed the health uh, services there. And so uh, this new consent condom was developed. Do you see this taking off here in North America, for example? I think it's a great idea. I, anything that promotes uh, consent to me is, uh, is a very good idea. By the way, after 10.30, we're going to play Dirty Minds. We have a one-month unlimited pass to give away to 360 Punch. Uh, if you want to take a free class and just try it out, you can. They're in the West Island on the 40 service road near Trevi. Uh, you can come tomorrow. I will be there at uh, for the 9.15 class. Join me. You get a free class. Try it out. It's uh, loads of fun. And Brian will be reading out some clues, some dirty clues, I might add, but the answer is not dirty. So that's coming up after uh, 10.30. So you know this uh, website? They're called Illicit Encounters. It's UK's leading dating site for married people. I love when they put out research because like you got to wonder who are they polling exactly? And here's, here's the headline. It made me kind of laugh because uh, I was like, okay, who are you asking? Uh, the headline was this sex on first date is important. If you want a serious relationship, here's a website for married people who are seemingly already in serious relationships they're asking those people about serious relationships. It's a little bit um, confusing. But according to them, more than a third of men found love after sleeping with their partner on the first date. 56% of women have had sex with their partner after the first date. This is according to the study. Remember, always with a grain of salt because you got to remember, who are these people who are answering this question? these questions? Um, for, uh, 36% of women and 34% of men after having sex on the first date, it has led to a proper relationship. Now, are they talking about affair relationships? Like that's really not clear to me. Uh, women are slightly more wary than men of partners who want to jump into bed right away. 17% of the women said they would think less of someone if they had sex on the first night compared to 11% of men. So they surveyed over 2000 people to get, uh, to get this. Uh, so of, uh, of those people, 64% of women, 62% of men had wanted to have sex with someone on the first date, but had held back because it was, uh, too soon. And 40% of women regretted jumping straight into bed, whereas only 27% of men. So I don't know, do the, the, the logic isn't there. So more than like 40% of women have regretted it, yet they're saying that it's very important to have sex on the first date and yet almost half regretted it. Could you make sense of that? I cannot. And this is why you have to be careful when you see headlines like that. New study shows, all right, this is not rigorous uh, research, very important. But this one is, I'm going to share now some really good science with you. Uh, and this is about uh, highly sexual women, how highly sexual women approach 
relationships. And there's very limited research that's done on women with high sex drives. Usually the research is on women who have uh, low sexual desires, uh, but the research on women who have high sex drives is uh, is quite small. But there's there's a few. So in this article written by one of my uh, my colleagues talks about uh, the, the couple of studies that are done on highly sexual women. So in one of the first studies uh, published in the Journal of Sex Research, that was back in 2002, researchers interviewed 44 women between the ages of 20 and 82 who self-identified as being highly sexual about their experiences. It's not a huge sample, I, I get it, but rigorous enough of research that it was peer-reviewed and ended up in a scientific journal. Just want to point that out. Uh, so the women in the study described their sexuality as a core part of who they were and something that had a strong influence on the way they lived their lives. Women indicated that their feelings of sexual desire and sexual excitement were intense urges, this is how they described it, that could not be ignored. Women described how their motivation to seek out sexual stimuli and sexual satisfaction, either through finding a partner or masturbating, made up a considerable portion of how they organized their time and energy. Women in the study also indicated that they felt society holds a negative view of highly sexual women which I'm curious to know how you feel about that, 514-800. Do you think we still have a negative view of, of, of women who are good in their sexuality, who have a high sex drive, and who have uh, no shame about their high sex drive? Um, as such, women reported experiencing struggles and challenges in most areas of their lives because of their sexuality, which included doubting how they felt about themselves, worrying about how their sexual urges might impact their relationships with partners, and feeling concerned that they might be judged by their female friends and acquaintances. But how are uh, women who identify as highly sexual differ from those women who have lower levels of sexual desire. So another study published in 2009 in the Canadian Journal of Human Sexuality uh, has uh, something to say about this. They recruited ni over 900 heterosexual women to answer questions about a number of things that they hypothesized might be related to women's experience of sexual desire. Then they looked to see what separated the most sexual women from the least sexual women, the lower desire. And they wanted to create a profile to see if there was such a thing, right? Could we differentiate those women? And what they found was that highly sexual women reported having higher sex drives. Okay, that makes sense. But they also reported engaging in more sexual communication. They were much better about talking about sex. They had more uh, sexual thoughts, more fantasies, and they considered themselves to be more sexually adventurous. Highly sexual women also reported having higher levels of sexual self-esteem, so they felt good um, about uh, their, and also a better body image. So they felt good about themselves, they felt confident in the bedroom, they felt confident about their sexuality. And they also had more positive attitudes towards casual sex, watching porn, masturbating, and wearing sexy clothing. So 
that's a pretty good profile of women who report uh, on the higher uh, sex drive. They're different in different areas of, uh, of their sexuality. Uh, then they, uh, they f- looked at, um, what happens like women who continue uh, to, f- they wanted to look at women who continue to feel desire in long-term relationships. We've talked about this here, that women in long-term relationships tend to, their, their libido tends to wane over time, but there are a group of women. Um, I would guess somewhere around 20 to 25% of women who continue to have a high sex drive throughout the course of their relationship. Maybe it's a, a little bit uh, lower than that. So what differentiates them? So there was a, um, another study done that looked at this, looked at women who are between 18 to 29. They were young women, mind you. So you can't factor in the age part of it, but um, like in terms of menopause and such and how long the relationship was. Uh, but so they looked at, uh, I guess, like serious long-term relationships, but we're not talking uh, 25-year relationships, which of course the older generation can relate to a little bit, uh, a little bit more. So they looked at both of those things and some factors that separated the two groups were related to things that were partner related. So women with higher desire reported having partners who made them feel sexually desirable and engaged in effective sexual initiation, or, um, it was relational, meaning women with higher desire reported being in relationships with more sexual communication and higher emotional intimacy. So those couples where they talked a lot more about sexuality, those women reported maintaining a level of sexual desire. To me, the bottom line is we need to try and really, um, include sexual communication in our relationships. Like it is vital to a healthy sex life, especially over the long term. So really, really important. Coming up, we'll look at the other side. Can a sexless marriage survive? So we'll talk about that and what experts in the field say, uh, whether a sexless marriage can survive. You can answer that too. Let me know. Can a sexless marriage survive? And we'll also play Dirty Minds. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hangups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. It's that time of the night where we play Dirty Minds. Brian's going to give you three clues. First caller through at 514-790-0800 with the right answer will win a one-month unlimited pass to 360 Punch. It's a new uh, boutique gym, I want to say, with uh, MMA trainers and uh, boxing and box and burn. That's my favorite class. Uh, Lots of fun that uh, you can try out. You can also try a class for free. I'll be there tomorrow morning, 9.15, if anybody wants to uh, join me. I know it's a little early, but hey, it's not going to be so nice out. So join me tomorrow, and you can look it up 
um, online as well. All right, uh, Brian, yes, you ready? Yes, Lori, I'm always ready for some dirty you've got, minds. You've got your sexy voice on. <laughs> Here we go. I'll try. Have you been practicing I, all I don't, week? I, no, I haven't been practicing. Well, Should I be that, practicing? Yeah, you okay. got to You know, we're going to perfect that. It'll be that. on my to-do list, I okay. promise you. Good. Okay, here all we right. go. Go. When I come, the night's all over. I can't do it in the dark. I always get it up in the morning. All right, not bad. I give you a nine out of ten. Okay, on that I'll one. take right. that one. Five one four seven nine zero zero eight hundred. What am I? Those are your three clues. What? Am I? Uh, and Brian will repeat them again if, uh, if if it's too difficult. We'll see. We'll see when the lines start ringing or not. Uh, all right. I want to talk to you about sexless marriage. This is a big question. Can a sexless marriage survive? And what, and what the hell is a sexless marriage? So generally speaking, there's a rule. If we're going to look at a definition, because it really isn't a pers- like an exact definition of a sexless marriage. Some people say absolutely no sex, but that's actually not exactly true. Um, generally, the the standard is when a couple has sex fewer than 10 times in a year, it's considered uh, uh, basically a sexless marriage. So where sex is mostly non-existent between the couple. Now you would think that this would break up most couples. But guess what? It doesn't always lead to a breakup. Um, It's true, especially the couples that I see, they come to me because the lack of sex has put a strain on their um, relationship. Uh, But it is possible for some marriages to stay intact with actually very little uh, sexual Intimacy. Why is that? It's only true under certain circumstances. Okay. Um, by the way, just to give you some stats here, according to a 2015 uh, survey, 61% of uh, American married adults say a, satisfa- a satisfying sexual relationship is very important to a successful uh, marriage. But there's a whole other 40% that don't actually believe it's very important. So um, some people can survive, and many couples, of course, cannot survive. Uh, a lot of people are miserable in such marriages, and so they are uh, doomed for uh, divorce sometimes. But here are the factors or the conditions in which a sexless marriage can survive and why there's no like norm of frequency. If you have two people who are both on the same page, both are equally not bothered by the lack of sex in their sex life, both do not place a high priority on sex and place higher priority, say, on other activities, which they need to have. It's like they can't be strangers. They've got to have other forms of intimacy, like affection and hanging out together and doing things together, other things that fulfill them, then those couples can do, can be just fine and can do just fine. It is not a problem. Another condition where it works is where both partners just simply have low libidos, It's uh, quite possible, although in my practice, I see mismatched libidos more than anything else. But then again, couples who are not distressed by their low libido are not going to, uh, you know, call me and and make an appointment to see me. That's uh, 
that's for sure. So if they are, they have more or less the same libido and say they have sex, you know, once a month or once every two months and they're satisfied with it and they're fine with it, that's their normal and they're fine. There's no distress, there's no frustration, none of that. And they manage to find other ways uh, to connect. So those couples do fine also. What about when one partner has a health issue that affects uh, their sex drive or affects their performance? We're talking about cancers, diabetes, high blood pressure, uh, childbirth, uh, maybe depression, anxiety, other mental health things, PTSD, all of these things, by the way, can affect a person's desire or their ability uh, to have sex. Sometimes these are temporary ch- uh, changes, like they'll go away, they don't last a whole long time. Um, and other times they are more permanent. So each couple has to decide are they willing to stick it out? Is it okay for them? I mean, it's a, it's a choice that they are uh, making, right? Do they want to stick it out? What about if regular sex is no longer part of the equation? Is this something that they uh, still want? So if, um, of course, if the issues are temporary, people are more inclined to stay uh, and and just to be more tolerant of a, of a sexless marriage. But in a longer-lasting situation, a partner might feel distressed in, in all of the changes in sexual activity, which could bring some issues uh, to, uh, to the table. Another condition is that uh, the couples, the sexless couples, they value other aspects of their life together more than they value their sex life. So maybe they've got all kinds of other things going on that they put a higher priority on. If they're both like that, that's the the key here is that you have to be on the same page. If one prioritizes, say, their work over everything else and is never available for sex and the other person feels left out and feels frustrated, then you can bet that that couple is going to, uh, to run into, uh, into problems. So, um, the, the couples that don't survive are usually, or, or as long, if they're not getting help for sh- more likely they won't survive. But if the couple has mismatched libidos, if the sexlessness happens to be a symptom of a deeper relationship issues, which is what I see most of the time is there's a reason why that couple is not having sex. There's a reason. So you've got to dig for the underlying uh, issues. And of course, if the sexlessness in the couple leads to uh, infidelity, well then uh, that could lead, certainly can lead to uh, a breakup. So uh, some things you can do is think about your sex life, reflect on it, reflect on when it happens, see if it's connected to anything. Don't ignore the elephant in the room. You need to talk about it. If talking about it is difficult, talk to a sex therapist about it together uh, to come to some, uh, some solution. Coming up, a new study reveals that millennials are doing more 
of this than uh, chilling, so to speak. We'll look at that. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. Don't believe we have a winner yet for our dirty minds, Brian. Nobody got the answer right. No winner yet. No lots correct of answer. lots of uh, tried answers, but nobody uh, has gotten it. All right, let's let's uh, give out the clues one more time. No problem. Here are your clues. When I come, the night's all over. I can't do it in the dark. I always get it up in the morning. What am I? Uh, yeah, this is probably a difficult this one. This is the hardest one we've ever done, I think. <laughs> well, we need to challenge our, our listeners. Yeah. Come on. I, no, I'm with you on that. I'm All right. You. Well, if nobody wins this round, oh, well, we'll see. All right. 514 uh, Try, 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 try. And for those of you, we'll open it to the, the texters as well. So the first texter who gets it in uh, can also win. So it's either call or text, whoever gets there first. Uh, so one texter wrote, sexless marriages will likely lead to cheating. Um, that's yes and no, because um, a lot of the, this is what we were, I was talking about is many of the sexless marriages survive because both are on the same page where both individuals in the relationship do not prioritize sexuality. They do not prioritize sexuality. Um, they may both have a lower sex drive. They may both be okay with the frequency of sex. Remember, sexless marriage is 10 times or under a, a year, and they're okay with it. So those are the couples that are not going to cheat or um, or divorce over this. So, no. Um Mm, somebody's close, but you've got the right idea. Somebody wrote sunrise. You have the right idea, but not quite. Or do we give that away, Brian? Would sunrise be the same as the answer? Oh, Brian's busy answering the phones now. Uh, 514-790-0800 or 514-800. Uh, we'll see. Brian's busy taking phone calls. All right, let me talk to you about uh, a, a new study revealing millennials are doing more Netflix than chilling. So have you heard the expression Netflix and chill? Netflix and chill basically means come over, we'll Netflix and chill, we'll watch a little Netflix, and then we'll get down to it. So uh, we do have a winner. We had a winner. Sorry, Laurie. Sorry about that. Okay, I, that's I okay. I know you're that. busy, that's... busy. I know. <laughs> so, all right. So the answer, by the way, for our folks, it's uh, dawn. Dawn. Right. So it isn't uh, – I mean, sunrise was close. I got a lot of uh, blinds, though. Like really? Drapes like drapes and, and yeah, stuff? Yeah, that was the weirdest that's one. That's interesting. All right. Who's our winner? Uh, our winner is Helen in the South Shore. All right. Congratulations, uh, Helen. I hope you can make it out to the West Island to uh, train a little bit. But if not, you can always give away that gift certificate to someone who can make it. Uh, so let me tell you about this. Um, clearly, I, I mean, everybody's heard about Netflix uh, by now. It's an amazing uh, platform. There's great shows on there. So 
this new term. It's not so new, really. Uh, Netflix and chilling uh, is, is the term to be used right now. But a recent study conducted by the Wall Street Journal looked into the overall preference between binge-watching and sex. And the population that sparked the most interest were millennials, and according to the polls results, they reflected a ratio of one to four preferring binge-watching over sexual activity. They'd rather binge-watch watch than uh, have sex. And it showed the when they crunched the numbers that... Um, the reported number increased to 36% when observing answers from people aged 18 to 38 years old. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Uh, so among Americans 18 to 38, one in three, one third report choosing binge watching over sex. What would you choose? Binge watching a show or sex. All right. I want to tell you about uh, something going on at the other side of the world. Uh, the Botswana High Court ruled unanimously this week that the country's sodomy law is discriminatory and unconstitutional. They just overturned uh, the country's ban on homosexuality once and for all. Uh, the section of the Botswana Penal Code bans, quote, a carnal knowledge of any person against the order of nature. And section, another section, bans acts of gross indecency. And these are the laws that have been used to criminally prosecute people for being gay up until this week. The challenge to the laws was brought by a gay student. I thought that was, uh, how brilliant. He's a 21-year-old gay man who argued that the law was discriminatory and this one guy managed to have the country overturn their ban on homosexuality. He says this, he says, by virtue of one or more of these provisions of the law, I am prohibited from expressing the greatest emotion of love through the act of enjoying sexual intercourse with another consenting adult male that I am sexually attracted to and who is also sexually attracted to me as consenting adults. He said that he uh, feels accepted by his peers. He, um, you know, yet, yet he could have been sent to prison uh, for being gay. He says, I'm in a sexually intimate relationship with a man. I have no doubt that this will be the case for the rest of my life. My friends, roommates at the University of Botswana have accepted me. Uh, even there, I feel free and accepted. A democratic society is one that embraces tolerance, diversity, and open-mindedness. This was written by the justice there in the court ruling. Uh, societal inclusion is central to ending poverty and fostering shared prosperity. So there you go. Botswana Supreme Court overturned the country's ban on homosexuality. Now that is progress. That is progress. 
And just to end it with something a little stupid, but uh, this guy's just dumb. Uh, The headline was this. Man stole daughter's Girl Scout cookie money for erotic massage. The Oregon dad admitted to staging a home invasion robbery to cover up his $740 theft. He took his daughter's Girl Scout cookie money to pay for an erotic massage. Imagine. And, and on top of it, he creates this whole false report and pretends that they uh, were robbed. Well, he got punished. He got fined 100 bucks and ordered to perform 80 hours of community uh, service. Plus, he'll have to pay back. Uh, all of that, uh, all of that money. What is this daughter going to think? Like it's all over the news now. His daughter knows, you know, and he tells the police, yeah, I needed an erotic massage. So I stole my daughter's money. Not, he's not going to win any father's day awards. I can tell you that for sure. And speaking of which to all the dads out there, enjoy the day. Uh, happy father's day to you all. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thanks to Brian Callisar, our technical producer, to our passion researcher, Linda DeLisi. If you want to reach me, you can do that uh, by email or just go to my website. It's easier, drlaurie.com, D-R-L-A-U-R-I-E.com. Plus, you can find me all over uh, social media as well. Make sure to like the Dr. Lori Batito page on Facebook so you get notified when we go live on Facebook as well. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening, a fabulous weekend, and remember to live your life with passion.